Cooper, we never thought this day would come. But here it is. Here it is. After many hours of labor, recording, figuring out what to say, how I to mean, say it. It's episode 100. Why to say it. Yeah, why? That's the biggest reason. That's the biggest thing. A about. lot of people have stuff to say, but they don't have the reason to say That's it. That's right. And today is episode 100. I just... Poof, confetti sound effect. Yes. Confetti is still falling. Thank you, Monica, for ordering God, that for she's us. She's so good at what she, she does. She's great. Episode 100. Can you believe... We started this, what? Uh, October, October 2019. 2019. Pre-COVID. Unbelievable. We were so young and naive. We were. We had so much to learn. <laughs> and as you'll hear in this uh, full episode... Our We've only learned have grown a little bit as well. Yeah, yeah. We've only learned, yeah. Uh, episode 100 started October 2019. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And I mean, what a time that was. And before that, we have an origin story that goes Gosh. much further. I mean, all the way back to 2016. 20, August of 2016. August this 2016. Month. This month. So our friendship is five years old now? Uh, six. Six years old? Well, I guess five. It's five just, years. I, I feel like we've. Yes. It feels like forever. It feels like an eternity. <laughs> it feels like I remember looking over from my hospital bed when I was born and just right. seeing you. Me, I would have been a little older, so I came to visit you. Yeah, that's what I mean. Right. You came with, you brought me a lollipop. You're welcome. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, anytime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but guys, we met at Dallas Baptist University. Yep. And, and we were uh, not, not inst- friends. Not instant first. friends. Not instant friends. It wasn't love at first sight. It took a while. It did. But as all good things do, they come to an end. And Is that what you're a, saying? And they take a while oh, okay. to develop. They take a while. <laughs> Guys, our friendship's not over, just to clarify. Yes, our friendship's not over. But if you didn't listen to two episodes ago, we did discuss that we are parting ways in a in the best fashion we could. Yeah. It's simply because that I accepted a job and am moving. Our friendship is not ending. No. This podcast is not ending. No. But Cooper's involvement in it is not is coming but to a sunset. I'm going to say this on live air. Wow, live. So Monica, write this down. That you have to do it. Cooper is thinking about offshooting and oh, starting my little thing. I've got I've got some things He's in the works. He's got some things in the bucket, but I'm gonna, in the works. I'm going to make him accountable for it live on air. Okay, so, live on air. Guys, there just, might be something coming in the next couple of months. Good word choice. Might. Might be. Might be. Might I not. Just, I just want to get, just want to watch your appetite. Just, just know me and everyone else hope so. I want to be a yes. listener. Of so my good got. friends, we uh we think that there's a there's a there's a market for a short 15, 20 mm-hmm. minute comedic podcast that is light mm. and uh it's good, clean fun, I right. think is a good way to say Yeah, the world is hungry about. for good, clean fun, and you're right. the man to do it. No cheap laughs. Nothing. Just Nothing but, cheap. but 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 free. Yeah, always so, free. No always cheap laugh, but a free podcast. <laughs> always free. But let's talk a little bit, Coop. Let's go back to August 2016. Take me We're back. We're moving into our dorms. Gosh. It was a rainy day on move-in day. It was. Kind of a sad, it's a dreary. sad day. It was, dreary. it was representation of the of our previous season's ending. <laughs> exactly. And so we move in, our stuff's are there. We realize that we are now sweet mates. We don't sweet share a room yep. yet, but we do share a bathroom. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the most intimate space to share, folks. It is. And there were five of us sharing that five one Five of us bathroom. sharing one bathroom. And let me paint a picture. Cooper has these big white glasses. Mm. He's got hair down to his shoulders. Earrings yeah. in, maybe? Uh, probably. probably. I had earrings, earrings at the in. time. Riding skateboards up and down the hall. Guys, I was a bad boy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know if I would define you as a bad boy. No, I wasn't. I was a I was a bad I, I was I was a good heart in an outer shell that maybe that didn't was maybe look. edgy. I had an edgy shell. Edgy shell. And your mom definitely well, not, took note of that. <laughs> well, 
because I was, I'm not edgy. He's not an edgy guy. Zero I mean, part of me has ever been edgy. That's right. I bought I, a penny I board off because, on you. yes, you did. Yeah. You to know. the extent my jeans got tighter and I started riding for a uh, Not too tight. Dog. Not too tight <laughs> yeah, at all. I remember, yeah. I remember when we went to the store and bought you your first flannel. <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah, I do. I think it was from Cotton On. Cotton On. Yeah. I've never walked in that store since then. But hey, it's it was a good wardrobe builder. It was. We I would say we have mutually rubbed off on each other yeah, absolutely. in positive ways. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm more professional now, maybe. <laughs> and I'm less, I less guess you'd professional, say. Professional, which is arguably horrible. <laughs> I guess. No. As no, you can no, tell, no. guys, we're like a, as they call symbiotic relationship. Yes. This is the the whatever that bird is that eats the beetles off the back of the buffalo. <laughs> I That's am, exactly what I was thinking. I am the bird eating the mm. bu- the bu- um the bees. Be- beetles of beetles. professionalism off yeah. your back as a buffalo. Peanut butter and jelly as they would mm. say. Crunchy or not crunchy, we'll let you decide. We will, let's hear it in the We don't want to talk about us politics. Five star review. Yeah. Are we crunchy or creamy peanut butter? Anyway, so we come into this dorm room. We got clean cut. We got edgy boy. Yep. And one day it's time for classes to start. Cooper, being the inclusive friend that mm. he is, yeah. stands at the end of the hall and says, Hey, is anyone going to 1301 history with Dr. Williams? And I mustering up the courage to run out <laughs> rather shy at the time i was shy at the beginning i'm that's always probably, shy at that's the beginning probably what more i rubbed off on you was yeah, just... yeah, yeah i guess so yeah i'm well i'm shy until i'm comfortable that's right and then i'm out i'm there mm, he's there i'm folks. there just wings spread wide <laughs> that's right anyway i come out and said i am <clears throat> send me <laughs> send me i'll go send and, uh, me. I'll so go we walked to class and i wish we had a recording of our conversation it was just i have pitiful. i have no idea what i remember thinking why did I ask if anyone was going to this class? Why did I commit? And to I was it? probably thinking, why did I say I was going to this exactly. class? It was a 10 minute walk. Yeah. I mean, it's not short. <sighs> not and so, short. So it's kind of like, I don't need, I have no recollection of what was spoken of, I don't but either. I imagine there's no way that we, we confidently spoke for 10 minutes. No. Cause it's that thing where it's like, you're only going to get into small talk yeah. because you know, like we don't have time to go anywhere with this conversation. So it's, it's gotta be small talk. And but, on paper, we could not be more opposite. Right. So right. at that time, at least. Of course. Now it's yeah, more. yeah. I mean, because appearance wise, all we knew was appearance. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And, and and you were just classic. By. I mean, Chacos, <laughs> athletic shorts and, and like an, a dry fit tee. Yeah. That's that was, me. That was your look. And you got skinny jeans, Vans, a shirt with a flannel on top and maybe the Vans hat. At I don't time? remember what I was wearing in the summer. Oh, that's true. probably that's wasn't August. that. It was. I would have died. I would you not the been. flannel. Probably not the flannel. Yeah, I don't remember what I was wearing. Anyway, I was probably yeah. Anyway, I had long weeds. hair in the weeds. In but the it's weeds. one of those things you walk to class together, and you have to sit by each other. Yeah, of course. And so we sat by each other front row, Doctor. I mean, that was both of our moves. Yeah, we I'm went up. Together. I was a front row guy. You were he was a front row guy. So we we knew. And I mean, obviously, college counselors and high school teachers were like sit in the front row if you oh, want. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> but, yeah, 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 good advice. I mean, that was, that's crazy because that was our first class we had together. Then our last semester of college yeah. together, we had Dr. Dr. Williams with the same class. Who was on this podcast a few episodes ago, Leader, uh, I mean, Lincoln on Leadership with Dr. Mike Williams. He is just deeply interwoven into the fabric of our friendship. <laughs> he really is. He's a good, good man. Uh, but that's where our friendship started. And so we began walking to class together every didn't time we had hands. the class. Did we not never, hold hands. Never held didn't hands. Even, I didn't even let Zach hold my books. Cooper, you were a little protective of your books. Uh, sure. It's my books, man. <laughs> Don't touch my books. Anyway, but from there budded a, a just glowing and I mean, amazing 
friendship. It was an awesome friendship. It was. It's been incredible. Surrounded by other awesome friendships. Let's Absolutely. shout Jonathan Linder, Jonathan Linder, Keaton Mayfield, Jordan Wicker, Jordan Wicker, Riley Becker, Riley Becker, who's in this room. He is in this room <laughs> as we speak. I don't know where he, he is. He's actually. eating pie. He's eating Believe pie. Believe it or not. <laughs> anyway. It's good to have him here. But after, I mean, that's years. That's what, three years led up. And then we start this podcast. Yeah. And this has just brought us closer. And I think that if you go back and and as we talked about in that podcast, I'm going to take a little bit of a break to kind of build up some episodes yeah. and we'll keep going. Oh, speaking of, there's Riley. Hey, Riley. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> I would encourage everyone to go back and listen to previous episodes. One, you can learn a lot from the people we interviewed. But two, it's kind of a uh, audio journal. It's an archive. Our, it's an archive it's of our college we, experience. That's the whole reason we did a, a podcast. The intro part, yeah, yeah. Is to document some of the stories we had. Because there's just like, it seems at times that things just happen to us. Oh, you're saying like, you're saying go back and listen to the intros. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, I thought I thought you were saying yeah. I'm like that's the whole reason we sorry, sorry. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. I was telling my family actually the other day that uh-huh. uh like what we were doing, what our plan was that we were kind of breaking off no more of the like mm-hmm. intro that we were doing. Yeah. And my little brother goes, "Well, you just lost a listener." <laughs> oh, Will or Graham? Will. Will. Classic Will. Well, this is the last ride. This and is the just, last it's ride. It's good for to Will. know you listened to a couple at least. <sighs> I know. But Coop, I want to say thank you. Hey. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being my friend. First, thank you for reaching out. You never know you who never your know. friend is going to be if you stand at the end of the hall and announce where you're going. What's your metaphorical hall, folks? Yeah, what is your hall? Yeah, who knows? Who can it's, you invite it's just, to class? It's the importance. I think there's a lesson there. I'm there just is. asking, reaching out, engaging with people that maybe don't necessarily look like yeah. they would be your best True. friend. But, I mean, history has shown it are. worked out really well for you. Yeah. So, thank you, Zach. Thanks for having me on the podcast sharing this dream with me and allowing me to be a part of it for the first 100 episodes. It's an honor. Here we go, folks. Welcome to the Next Generation Leader Podcast, where we believe great leaders are listeners, especially during their youth. Good leaders learn from their successes and mistakes, but great leaders learn from the successes and mistakes of those who go before them. I'm your host, Zach Funderburg, and for the last time with my co-host, the swan song, Coop McCullough. I I won't say last time. You'll be on in the future. I might stop by. But as the co-host, as the daily driver, the weekly driver, as they say, is for the last time, and which is sad and bring a tear to our eye. But we have an incredible episode. This is going to be amazing. I'm, ex- I'm this very is a, excited. This is a through the years type of episode. Right. This is the archive that you've all been mm-hmm. waiting for. What we want to do today, we don't have anybody new that we've interviewed, but we want to take it back. Some of our favorite moments from the Next Generation Leader podcast. We have had an incredible opportunity through this platform to be able to talk to some pretty amazing people. We've talked to people that you might recognize their name. And we've talked to people that you might not recognize their name, but each person we've talked to has an amazing story and they have a message to share. And they were willing enough to share it with us because we were humble enough to ask. And that's all it takes is I would encourage any of you to reach out to people who are older than you, who have walked before you, who have gone through the experiences that you hope to walk through one day and that you just ask, ask questions because we want to learn from those who have gone before us so we don't fall into the same traps that they have or have the successes that they have as well because yeah. they know what works. Exactly. And I would encourage you to think of different spheres to where you can ask, whether that be professionally totally. or if you're, if you're uh, at a church, you can ask someone who's older in, the, in your faith. Mm. Um, just different options and areas for you to learn because there's so many people. Everyone has something that they know a lot about. Right. Yeah, everybody's an expert of something. Right. It might be the weirdest, quirkiest thing. And the craziest thing is people want to share it with you. Yeah, because they're passionate about it. They are. They're so passionate about it. And if you ask the right questions, these people will talk for days. Yeah. And you get so many nuggets of just wisdom that you can use and apply 
uh, to your life. So we want to do a little reflective look. I think we're going to, have we decided five or six? Uh, six. Let's, Let's do, do six. six. It's been a hundred episodes. There has. This Maybe, you guys deserve hard. one more. Yeah, it's true. We're going to do six of our favorite moments from the Next Generation Leader podcast, the past couple of years, the past 100 episodes. And starting off, we're going to start with our the first, first interview the genesis i believe it was called the genesis oh, that was, was our, the yeah, one yeah. before that was like explaining before. what this was but right. our first interview was with uh, now k2 at the time he was k1, k1. director at yep. canicut camps but now he's k2 men's or just director of the whole camp right shay robbins shay robbins a man that i, mean, I have gotten to work under for two summers uh, a few summers ago and a guy that can just lead there are people who have a natural ability to lead mm -hmm. and a natural like something about them people follow yeah. And Shay Robbins is one of them. He's a, he's a, he is an inspiring man that loves Jesus. And I'm excited to share a snippet of our conversation with Shay Robbins. We're, we're speaking to next generation leaders. We're wanting to reach these people, but we believe that there's a, a new sort of discipline, a 21st discipline or 21st century discipline, if you will. And we're trying in this podcast, in this episode to hone in on the value of life's empty space and how do we maximize our time and um, get things done. So can you kind of intro that? Um, what is life's empty space? Yeah. So, you know, we're the 21st century discipline. I think what we're hinting at is that there is a new discipline that followers of Jesus need to exercise if they want to be healthy and be effective leaders. And it's, it's a new discipline because our world is changing so much with technology and screen time and empty space is essentially it's, it's the time that happens throughout your day and throughout your life for contemplation, quiet, relaxation, creativity. Um, and it happens in all kinds of different situations. Yeah. So, you know, just to take you back, I'm 38 years old, but when I was in high school, I didn't have a cell phone. And when I would drive in my car, you know, you pull up to a stoplight and if the radio is not on, it's quiet. And that quiet time is valuable. Right. Um, going out hunting or riding in the boat or going fishing or going on a walk. That's quiet space and it's valuable. Standing in line at Starbucks or getting, you know, a smoothie from your favorite smoothie joint. When you're standing in line and it's quiet, that place, that is valuable space. But but what we've deemed in, in the 21st century is that it's, uh, I think it's also can be called dead space, right? right? This is a, this is now worthless time. I'm going to fill it. And naturally what's happened is, as we have been trained up with phones, smartphones to fill that space with our phone and with our screen. Right. And, and the, the point of this conversation is that we think that there's a problem there um, if we fill all that space because we're missing out on all the the blessings and the fruit of that empty space. Right. So I think as a, a product of this generation, as someone who sees this time as dead space, what, what do I have the, to gain? What, when I'm standing in line, what do I have to gain here? Why would I want to maximize this time? Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of roads we can run down here, but you know, as an example, standing in line. Um, and I, I am like, I'm really speaking as a hypocrite. I'm going to be a self-proclaimed hypocrite in well. this. And I, because I'm, I just am convicted about it and I'm trying to figure it out myself, but we're missing out on relationships when we're standing in line. 
and, and everybody's on their phone. It's kind of sad. Right. And you'll even go to restaurants and you'll see a girl and a boy out on a date and they're both on their cell phones and you're thinking, she whiz, that doesn't seem right. Yeah. It's just not, that's not the way that we're designed to interact. Um, and so we miss out on relationships. I also think that creativity is a huge thing. Um, recently, you know, one of the disciplines of fasting that I've put in place is fasting from technology and my screen time. And, um, you know, just as an example, I came out of camp this summer and fasted from screen time. And I was reminded how creative I am. I mean, I had all kinds of ideas. I was thinking out, playing out messages, putting together fun ideas for the kids, thoughtfulness towards my wife. It was just like exploding out of me because there was space to dream and right. to be creative. And I just realized like I'm drowning out that, that empty space that's so valuable in my life. Jay Robbins is a man who inspires many. And as we said, loves Jesus I a mean, ton. Just hop off those phones. Hop off, folks. Engage. The 21st century discipline. It's really yeah. something we need to work on. How do we reach out? Like we were talking about, reaching out, asking questions, because right. people are more interesting than you think. And speaking of an interesting and amazing Gosh, man. This is someone you would think is interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is true. Yeah. This, is, uh, this was a special episode. This is Senator James Lankford, the senator from Oklahoma. Yeah. We had the honor of speaking to. We were in just the downstairs room of our house in yeah. college. I mean, we felt we felt so like, how are we talking to this man? How are we doing it? He's we, talking from his office in D.C. to a phone that you are holding up to the microphone. So, I mean, in it was our just room. like not the best. <laughs> it was before Zoom was really yeah, even a thing. It was thing. before we knew how to use Zoom because or what to do. Before COVID. Yeah, it's true. But I mean, that was one of our early, like, it was first 15, I think. Yeah, or, it was quick. I, we had no platform to no. get him on, but we did it and because we asked. Yeah, exactly. The it's DB a testament to us asking and him being humble enough to say yes right. to just some college students that want to ask some, some questions. So amazing conversation. Here's a snippet with our conversation with James Langford. In a country that seems to be so divided at times, how do you, uh, in such a, in a place of leadership, try to mend that or try to be a reconciler? What does that look like practically for you? Well, you, that, that, that's quite frankly for each of us. Uh, I, I, I tell folks all the time when they'll catch me and say, Washington, D.C. is what's really broken and there's really a problem in Washington, D.C. and there's so much anger and hatred. Uh, I'll, I'll remind people Washington, D.C. is a mirror to the country. The people that are in Washington, D.C. were elected by individuals across the country and were sent there to reflect their district. And so Washington, D.C. is the mirror the country doesn't want to admit right now. This is who we really are, uh, but this is who we really are. So the, the the social media noise and anger in politics, I can go to just about any restaurant and look at their Yelp page and go, there's that same anger uh, that's right there and, and the same arrogance that's right there. And you look at people and say, well, those folks in Washington, D.C. don't know what they're doing. And then I'll pull some students uh, in college and say you spend more time on Fortnite uh, than you do on actually learning and preparing uh, for your life ahead. Uh, so uh, you, you're seeing the same kind of issues uh, repeated over and over in the country. So our first responsibility uh, for all of us is to try to set the example uh, for what can be done. We, we live in a very unique country that protects religious liberty, that protects freedom of speech, uh, that protects the opportunity for any person to be able to do anything they want to be able to do in the country. Uh, and to be able to go work, to be able to get that done. And we seem to be squandering that gift that we have currently. And so part of my focus is what can we do to be able to help 
just speaking to the American people, what can we do to take initiative on some of the issues in our country today? Whether it's abortion, whether it's rec racial reconciliation, how can the, the average everyday American take initiative on those issues? Yeah, learn them. I mean, that's the biggest issue. Uh, there's so many times that uh, we see things on the news and there'll be a 30 second clip on something and you'll think that's all there is to know, uh, but there's a lot more behind it. Uh, and then to have reasoned dialogues around the dinner table. Uh, most of the issues in America still get resolved with face-to-face -face conversations in a surprising way. So two of them that you brought up about abortion and racial reconciliation, for instance, I'm convinced that there are a lot of people that will say, I'm not racist, I don't come from a family that's racist, that's not me, and then I'll say, okay, has anyone from a different race ever been at your home for dinner? And very often the answer to that is no. So my question is, why? Why is that? Are there no friendships that you have that are across racial lines? that are strong enough that they could come to your home and, and that friend could be over for dinner. Uh, so what, what is missing? Is there is there a cultural respect for people or is there a friendship that's developing regardless of race? Uh, and sometimes we're creating tolerance uh, for all races and all people rather than what God calls us to, and that is love. Uh, love is so much more difficult than tolerance. Our society promotes tolerance. Uh, the calling that we have as Christians is to love. I mean that is a, that is a good snippet, but you could just you could just hear my hand <laughs> shaking from the phone because I mean I just was like if I touch anything like I am I'm fired. You could probably like, also hear my voice rattling a little yeah. bit out of uh, nerves. That was a funny one too because it was like we're both not gonna talk on the phone to this man like yeah, but it was that yeah, was that was perfect. And what you can't see is Cooper passing me notes <laughs> under the table because I'm running out of questions. We to were ask so under <laughs> because he is so efficient and so succinct, and it was only like our it was one of our first episodes. It was so, so it was like 20 minutes. It was so short. It was so short. But anyway, we had another amazing conversation with Costi Hinn. If you've oh, seen American man. Gospel or have heard anything about his story, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. And we talked to him about not being in control uh, like as a leader, that there is a higher power that you mm -hmm. submit to. And, and besides the interview. I mean, that is a man. It, it, amazing interview, by the way. Yes, 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 yes. But more than that, Cooper. I mean, just a standout, stand-up guy. Yeah. Uh, he like did an event at DBU, and DBU was gracious enough to ask him to stay to be on our podcast. Yeah. Shout out Chris Holloway. It was a late night. It was a late night. I mean, he's he was a he just grinded it out. Yeah, he did. Like, he got there, got off the plane, walked. I'm pretty sure to like first thing was to the podium. Right. Then from the podium gets off, kind of like is so nice with us. Right. Then has an interview with us, but I mean, got gave us both his phone number. Yep. And was like, hey, like if you ever need anything, please reach out. He, it's so intentional, and it was one of those where I'm like. You mean that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's not just saying that. Like, if right. you ever need anything, like, people say at the end of right. a conversation. He wasn't trying he to be mentioned. polite. He was genuinely, like, yeah. looking at our eyes, like, I love what you guys are doing. Keep it up. Right. You guys are, like, just so encouraging. Yeah. Then, about a year later, I see him at a DBU baseball game, and he remembers me by name and mentions that he saw on social media that I had just gotten married and asked me about it, like, how it had been. That's insane. The guy is intentional. Yeah. He's incredible. On the field, off the field. Just cares on about the people. mic, off the mic. Yeah. He cares. And so... Happy to share what we learned from our good friend, Costi. He's our friend. <laughs> and, and we want to really unpack a verse, a proverb. If we want to talk about a book on leadership or a book on, on just wisdom, Proverbs is where we're going to be. We're going to be Proverbs 21.1. It says, the king's heart is like a channel of water in the hands of the Lord. He turns it wherever he wishes. And in that first part, the king's heart is like a channel of water in the hand of the Lord. God's in control. 
And I think a lot of leaders in, in our society, our culture, value control. We want control. We hold on to it so tightly and that we, we don't realize that there's someone else who is in control. And whenever we take our hands off of this, the metaphorical steering wheel is when, when God can lead us and when God can make crazy cool things happen through our lives. So how has this verse just shaped your leadership and what does it mean to you? Yeah, I, I look at the words of Proverbs and I think that, you know, I need this wisdom. I'm desperate for it. The king's heart is, in the ESV, a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will, or he turns it wherever he wishes. Uh, You think of God's big, mighty, strong hand. And even when I look at my own hand, uh, I see the lines in my hand. And then where does water go? Well, water channels, and it runs along certain points. And so I I think of now the heart of a king, a strong, dominant king who wants things his way and is supposed to be somebody who knows what he's doing that strong top leader high level of authority is but water steered by god's hand to me or in my mind uh that only applies one way god's in control i'm not period uh it you know it's easy to to try to uh, think that we're in control it is tempting for every leader to show that they're in control but i think one of the most powerful witnesses as a christian leader is to point to a higher power because i don't know about you guys but i cannot be the answer to everything i cannot be the solution to everything if i start going down that road it might work once it might work twice i might have a few good ideas but in the end i'm going to burn out because my well is not deep enough to uh, compete with God's wisdom and to compete with God's authority. So every leader even has to look not only himself in the mirror or herself in the mirror, but even at the people that they're leading and say, sure, you can look to me for an example. I'm supposed to be an example. I'm supposed to provide guidance, but guess where I'm looking? I'm looking up. I'm not the ultimate authority. I've got a higher authority. I'm not the ultimate power. I'm not the ultimate answer. I've got the ultimate power. It's Christ. I've got the ultimate answer. It's him. So like Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Paul was saying, hey, I'm a model. Absolutely. Uh, If I'm going to be a leader and say that you should imitate me, I should be worth imitating. So don't get me wrong. Uh, You can't have a reckless life and be some hypocrite and then say, well, I'm just following Jesus. I guess it's all it's all grace. No, we need to be worth our weight in uh, leadership and people should follow leaders that are faithful. But every wise and prudent and godly, faithful, strong leader knows at the end of the day, their real source of authority is merely God's authority. Mm -hmm. Their real example they're drawing from is the example of Christ. Uh, Proverbs 21.1 is a reminder to everybody to humble themselves before and under the mighty hand of God that he is in control. He will turn the tables. He will turn the channels of water. He will turn the, the hands of time and turn the world where he wants it to go. So it's a really good idea not to try to compete with that. Right. amazing conversation uh, from our friend our friend our dear friend that's right <laughs> i might once i if i get married one day and start sending christmas cards right. he might get one of mine <laughs> yeah absolutely right. that would actually be so fun next up we have ann chow ann chow is the ceo of at&t business here in dallas texas and does amazing work. if you don't follow her on linkedin or social media 
the lady is everywhere, speaking to everything, yeah. doing all these events, doing so much good. But we did this, this was summer 2020. There was a lot happening in our country. And she talked about the importance of leaders creating an environment and a culture of belonging. Yeah. We talk a lot about inclusion, diversity, all of those important buzzwords things. that yeah. are very important, but they're just a lot of times they seem just like words. People just throw it out there right. because it's like, I'm supposed to say this, exactly. but they don't actually do the work of, hey, what does it mean to to not just say these, but mean these and live or operate or own a business yeah. that would actually use them right and she takes it a step further and she says you your people need to know that they belong yeah when they come to work they belong here their voice matters and you care about what they say and do and she does it so well and it's you see it all over linkedin people just praising her for the kind of boss she is and mm -hmm. so she is a servant leader she's someone that she also humble enough that lady's busy and yeah. she was so uh, humble enough to get on a phone call with us just to answer a few questions so here's our conversation with ann chow if you look at the kind of the, the conversation that our country is headed to, especially in the business realm and higher education realm, is this this conversation of diversity, especially in the workplace and especially in, in schools and student areas. So I want to ask you, I listened to an interview you did with Sent Marshall, the CEO of the Mavericks, and, and y'all explained something that was so fascinating to me. I want you to give it to our listeners as well as the difference between diversity, inclusion and belonging, three different words that can seem that can kind of go together but there's three really big differences to those. Yeah, 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 yeah. The best analogy that uh, people like Cynthia uh, and I use, and she's a dear friend, thanks for calling her out there. Uh, yeah, I'm sure a lot of the folks in the audience here and our listeners, listeners are Mavericks fans. Right. Uh, but here's, here's, the, here's the best analogy that I can use. So diversity is being asked to the party. Inclusion is being asked to dance. But belonging is all about bringing your own dance uh, to the party and teaching others um, your own dance and also learning other people's dances. So let me let me unpack that a little bit. Right. Okay. So why why is diversity important and why is this topic that is now being called coined largely DEI diversity equity and inclusion right that I would say is kind of a new moniker for uh, this whole topic is that it's not just the right thing to do um, because it's societally um, the right thing to do or socially from a justice perspective is the right thing to do. Right. It's the right thing to do from a business perspective, right? Mm. There are all sorts of data out there that shows that organizations and teams um, who are more diverse actually get better results, right? right. You, know, in a, um, you know, in a recent McKinsey study, I'll just share well, you know, a couple of quick factoids. Gen the more gender diverse companies um, you know do 15% better financially than companies who are not gender diverse and in companies who have greater ethnic and racial diversity have 35% uh, greater financial returns you know and if you take a step back and you think about it Zach you know uh, the more difference perspectives we have and if you you know if you reflect on you know whether you were in a class or whether you're working on a project uh, presuming that you can collaborate and communicate well with each other, the more different points of view there are, right. the better innovation is, right? Because you're bringing new perspectives to the table, um, new ideas, different ways of thinking. 
And so, um, you know, it is the right thing to do from a business perspective. I would also share that, you know, demographically here in this great country, um, we have had, um, you know, diversity at our roots right. for um, really since our inception. You know, and if you think about the origin stories that each of us have about our families and how we each got to where we are, you know, unless you are part of that less than 2% of our population that is American Indian or Native American, right. you have immigrants in your story, right? You have, you, you all, you know, we all came from somewhere else to get to this place, you know, in this country whose hallmark and our foundation um, has been built on um, our great diversity from all different perspectives. And, you know, some of the trends that uh, we all know that, um, you know, that, that are obvious are that, you know, America continues to evolve in its diversity, right? And so, uh, you know, a couple of um, things to share with you on this is, you know, women of color will become the majority of all women by, you know, 2050 or the year 2060, right? And so that markedly changes uh, the complexion of, uh, you know, the workplace, the complexion of a consumer customer base, you know? And so right. uh, that is just one, you know, one little uh, stat and fact about that. And certainly with every generation um, that goes by, every generation gets more and more diverse, right? So I'm a Gen Xer. Um, you know, the majority of the workforce will be Gen Y by the year 2025. Right. You know, I've got two kids, college-age kids um, that are Gen Zers, right? And then there's Gen Alpha, right? So mm -hmm. all of these reasons really compel you to embrace diversity, inclusion, and belonging, you know, and one of the things that you reference about that, that conversation I do with Sint, you know, we can't just stop at inclusion. Why? Because inclusion implies that one person is deciding to include somebody else, right? right. And in actuality, what we want is to live in a place, live in a world, live in a town, be on a team, work for a company where everybody belongs. Wow. Just a woman who knows. She knows. Yeah. And can say it well. Next up, our professional man crush. God, I mean, and this, I together. This is an episode that we were like, from the foundations yeah. of our podcast, we were like, if, yeah. like, what is our dream episode? George W. Bush. But <laughs> if he doesn't do it, who is another dream episode? Yeah. Poor, Poor Schultz. Schultz. Because we read his book, Excellence Wins. And if you... Actually, I was going to say if you own a business, but if, if you, you work, breathe oxygen, <laughs> if you breathe at all, you have to read this book. Yeah. The importance of excellence. And we heard a quote recently that has really stuck with me that excellence honors God and inspires me. Yeah. And this is a guy who has really figured it out. He knows right. how to be excellent and then get you to be excellent yeah. alongside of him because of his excellence. And he wrote it in a book. And that's all you have to listen to this episode right. and get his book. And, yeah. you know, and the, the other quote that stuck with me from his is that excellence is at the intersection of high intent and hard work. Yeah. If you have a high purpose, you a high vision. into excellence. Exactly. What, say it again. For you you don't back. luck into excellence. It's not an accident. Right. It's not a dartboard no. from a four-year-old and he gets a bullseye. That yeah. doesn't happen. High intent and hard work. This was another one we did together. We were on a Zoom call this yeah. time. And uh, another guy that was just fun to talk to so, after and, the and interview. And was so personable. Yeah. Kind of like Costi as well. Not as like, hey, reach out to me. Right. Because he's <laughs> mad busy. Yeah. But- I mean, just like took time to encourage us and was so grateful to get to be on our podcast, yeah. which is just so the opposite right. of like, we could not have been more grateful to have him. Exactly. 
Such an honor to talk to him. Here he is, Horst Schultze. And you, you mentioned earlier about the essay that you wrote where kind of the mantra was, we are ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. And that's something that you you pulled from that first boss you had to show up to work to be excellent. And, and you, that kind of led into what you did at Ritz-Carlton and kind of what you did at all of these hotels and all of these hotels that are, are world-renowned and recognized for their excellence and for their service. And you ended up writing a book, Excellence Wins, a no-nonsense guide to becoming the best in a world of compromise, which has changed me and Cooper's life uh, when we look at the way we lead and the way we do business, but kind of unpack the idea of we are ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. How does that influence the way you work? Well, I, I, I realized that evening and the, the most important realization that is the first time it happened, I realized that I am defining myself. That is it. That if I define myself, want to define myself as a gentleman too, ladies and gentlemen, which I was pumped into my mind, that's what they are, not we. Wait a minute, I can define myself. Or I can define myself as secondary, as nothing. If I'm creating excellence, what I'm doing, I'm defining myself as somebody special. As I can define myself exactly as to what I want to define myself as. It's not up to the society. We like to blame everybody else, the, the, the president or the, or the mayor or anybody around us, it's not up to them. Mm. It's up to us. Once I accepted that in myself, it became pretty easy. Oh, as I said, I worked in the greatest hotel in Europe afterwards and so on. I forgot about it. I, I fell into the trap of just doing a job, as I say. But then I got the, the tough reminder that I, it's up to me who I am in the future. And, and when I didn't get that job, that was a tough reminder that I left it up to somebody else. Mm. I didn't take over. I didn't define myself. It was a tough reminder. And then I had to manage. Again, I had to manage myself. It isn't there every day. I have to remind myself every day, do not go to work. Go to work for excellence. I wrote it down. I reminded myself constantly that I am in charge of my surrounding. It's not others. And you know why, what we do? We blame the world. You know why? Why? This is why we don't have to look in the mirror. That's our insecurities. Mm. Instead of take, taking hold of ourselves, of making a decision about myself. Mm. Everything. Guys, everything in life is a decision. Everything is a decision. I, I, I gave earlier, I was talking and once in a while, I give that as an example because it's silly, but here it is. I made a decision when I got married to be in love my whole life. I'm 42 years married, but I'm still in love. I don't only love my wife. My friends get divorced because they don't feel like it anymore. Mm. Feel? Wait a minute. I wait for feelings? No. I make the decision about my feelings. That takes battles sometimes. That takes strong thinking. But make, you're in charge. And if you... If you take a secondary decision, make a secondary decision, you're sentencing yourself. Hmm. Yeah, and I want to go into more how that mindset affects a way a, an employee or somebody that works for you interacts with customers. How, do, how does that influence them and how does it change the way that they uh, interact with people? Okay, uh, let me go back. Earlier I said excellence is the result of high intent. Mm -hmm. What is the question first is, 
What is your intent for your life? What do you see? Is it whatever you see, who you are, what you are in 10 years from now, that should become the purpose of your life. <clears throat> now, in business, you ask employees, when I started Ritz Garden, as, as an example, I made a decision, high intent, to create the finest hotel company of, in the world. Now, mind you, I started there in that company when they had no hotels. Right. They had two buildings in construction. But my high intent was, bear with me here, to create the finest hotel company in the world. From there on, I hired people not to come to work, but to join me in a purpose. Once you set a high intent, that must be your purpose in life. Mm. So I hired people in purpose, but I made a decision as the leader, said, okay, we won't be the finest. And I had to question myself, is this good for all concerned? Is this good for the investors? Is this good for society as a whole? Is this good for the customer? Is it good for the employees? Mm. Once the decision was made, yes, this is good for all concerned. I knew what I had to do. I could not compromise anymore. I had to make sure I don't compromise. I will lead everybody to that point because it was important and good for all concerned. And, but I explained everybody when as I selected them hiring. As they start the first day of work, I explained, here is, don't come to work. Come to accomplish this vision of being the very best. Mm. That doesn't mean you don't have to work. In fact, that means you may have to work harder. Right. We are working not anymore for work itself. We work for a purpose. And the purpose that we have, here is how it's good for you. I explained that if we are the best in the world, you, de you are defined as somebody special. You will have more opportunity, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So I connected everybody to the objective of the company, the motive of the company and their own motives. Mm, that accent gets me every time. It gets me every time. It makes me want to just go out and be excellent. Yes. That's a guy, and we uh, we go to the Ritz Carlton here in Dallas every once in a while. Not, not to stay, we get guacamole. We get guacamole. <laughs> they have from their lobby on Fridays, <laughs> and that is a uh, byproduct of his hard work and the way that he inspires men to be excellent. And speaking of another man who is excellent and strives for excellence for our country on the public stage, Dr. Ben Carson. Mm. This was a more recent episode, but one that has just stuck with us and things that he said. I've really inspired me in the way that I work and the way that I see what's going on in our world right yeah. now. A guy that in infuses faith into his politics like nobody I've ever seen. A man right. who is humble and a man who is a public servant uh, for the greater good. And another guy that we had no business talking to. And just doesn't compromise. No. He's a man that doesn't compromise no. on what he believes. But he doesn't do it in a way that is degrading right. or belittling. Right. He's like, I know what I believe in and I'm not going to compromise it. I'm not worth because it's not worth it in the long haul. But I'm not shaming you exactly. for not believing. Exactly. It. Yeah. Awesome. It's just, a, and it takes wisdom and it takes time. Like as you grow, you can tell that gray hair is truly the crown of splendor. Yeah. And especially for this man, just wisdom upon wisdom. Uh, that he brought to the table. So honored to speak with him. So here's a snippet. Snippet. A and taste. if you want the full thing, you got to go it. listen to go it. Go listen to it. Got to listen to it. But here's a small snippet of our conversation with Dr. Ben Carson. 
when this current administration came in, there was a huge emphasis on unity and trying to find that and and what unity looks like. And, and I feel like they've kind of missed the point of unity. So from your perspective, how do we get back to unity, to being able to see someone across the, the, across the street that has a different yard sign and see them as, I mean, created in the image of God and seeing them as another person and and being able to listen and to regain that, those disciplines as, as people in our country, how do we get there? Well, the first thing you have to be willing to do is talk. Right. You, you can't get into your respective corners and hurl insults at each other, which is what we have a tendency to do. And you'll notice, you know, when two people fall in love and, you know, they just want to be around each other all the time. And, right. you know, they're calling each other on the telephone and just talking to hear the other's voice. And then before they get divorced, they stop talking. The next thing you know, their spouse is the devil incarnate. You know, <laughs> this yeah. is what happens when people stop talking. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's so vitally important. And and talk in a reasonable way. You know, if somebody disagrees with you, hear them out and then ask them to hear you out. And what you'll find in most cases, if you do that, is you're not as far apart as you think you are. And you actually agree on a bunch of stuff, but it may be the method of achieving it that you disagree on. And that's an area where you can compromise. Can't compromise on principle, but you can certainly compromise on methodology and how you get things done. And when you start thinking that way, that's how you make real progress, particularly in an environment where you have varying opinions. What an incredible 100 episodes. It's been an honor to speak with the people that we have gotten to talk to and a joy to do it beside you, Cooper. Gosh, I mean, guys, this is the final moment. This is it. The crown jewel, the creme de la creme. <laughs> I'm not French. This is all we got. I don't even know what creme de la creme means. I think it means good Like things. the cream of the crop, right? I don't but, know. That's what they say. Yeah. Guys, you got to stay tuned into the Next Generation Leader podcast because right. you never know not because of the good interviews, but because I might be back. Yeah, you never know when you might hear Cooper's voice. That's right. And I will let you know when Cooper's going to be on because that is what people will be listening for. No, no, no. <laughs> Cooper, uh, I'm sure missed. there's plenty of amazing interviews to come, and he's going to take a little two-month break-ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he'll be back with a vengeance, folks, with That's a whole right. new pool of interviewees. That's right. From the Birmingham area. That's so right. So if you are in the Birmingham area, yeah, reach out. Reach out. Reach out. Leave a five-star review and don't, reach out. Don't be a stranger. <laughs> Never. And we will not be strangers. We will not be strangers. I'll see you tomorrow, Zach. You're, That's not, you're not leaving until Friday. a couple days from yeah, now. Just yeah. a few more days and I'm out. I'll be on my way. Uh, but this friendship does not end here, though. No. Our partnership in this podcast might. The friendship will live on. That's right. And so that's encouragement. Praise God for technology because I hate writing letters. Ah, that would be a bummer. <laughs> so I, I think we might just both shake hands and be like, hey, it was a good ride if we yeah. had to write letters. No, we wouldn't do that. Yeah. But letters wouldn't be my favorite. Yeah. Um, it's been a good ride. Coop, thanks awesome. for coming on with me. I love you so much and I'm so proud of you. I'm, uh, I love you, man. The sniffles. See you, Coop. See ya.